Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observe, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Centric Healthcare and King Door Company. Welcome to Bakersfield Observed with Richard Bean, a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County. Richard's guests are newsmakers, influencers, and personalities who address topics of interest to you and your neighbors and your community. The discussion is fast, informative, and always civil. Now, here's your host, Richard Bean. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the new Bakersfield Observed podcast recorded right here at the American General Media offices off California Avenue and Highway 99. I want to remind you this podcast airs weekly and it complements the work of my Bakersfield Observed blog. You can access this podcast via Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get it at kernradio.com. Now remember, the idea behind this podcast is simple. We simply wanted to provide a forum for the Bakersfield community to gather to discuss the issues that confront us all. And today, we turn our focus to Kern County's problem with stray dogs and cats. There are too many of them. I mean, how many times a day do you drive down the road and see a stray dog about town? Twice, three times more too many of us are not spaying and neutering our animals. Some of us here treat our pets as disposable toys. And critics say this is our collective shame in Kern County. Joining me today to talk about this is Julie Johnson, who serves in two roles. One is the, as executive director of the city animal shelter, animal control services, I guess, and the second is head of the SBCA. Welcome, Julie. How Thank are you? Thank you. Good to be here with you. It's good to see you. I haven't you seen too. you for a I while. You too. I know. A couple years. How has the pandemic been treating you? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been challenging. Uh, we went through a period. We were deemed an emergency service, so we never shut down. Okay. We didn't. Nobody got to work from home. Um, you know, when you're caring for live pets, somebody still has to go in and take care of them. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we have been working this entire time. Nobody's had a day Did off. Did it affect the number of volunteers you had? Yes. Mm-hmm. We had to not allow any volunteers um, into the facility. Uh, now we kind of take that very slowly for, you know, volunteers that are already vaccinated. Um, we make everybody wear masks regardless of vaccine status. You know, just because we're so uber protective, nobody wants to get it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. and. Right. And, you know, I feel like it's my responsibility to make sure all of my staff, first and foremost, are okay so they can care for the number mm-hmm. of animals that we have in the shelter. Yeah. You know, early on in the pandemic, maybe, maybe it was last year, I suppose, there was a lot of good news coming out for sure. you guys. It was like everybody was staying home. People were rushing to their local animal shelters and right. SBCAs to pick up animals. Right. You guys for the first time in a long time, had empty cages. Right. We're over that now, aren't we? Yeah, it came back. Tell me where we are. I'm calling it COVID whiplash is what I've been calling it because um, as great as it was, it came back with a ferocity none of us expected. And uh, now our kennels are full. People are not adopting as much. And people are still adopting, and we're grateful for these community members that continue to support us. But it has definitely slowed. 
um, you know, as far as the SPCA goes, it was even harder because all our fundraisers had to stop and we survive off donations at the SPCA. We haven't had a major fundraiser now in two years. We'll put out so, the call right now. Let's yeah, use for it. How, right? What do you guys need over there? You know, unfortunately, we need money to keep going. I mean, that's really how the SBC Money survives. more than blankets and books Absol- and that type of yeah, thing. We yeah, we don't need books, blankets, or towels. We are we are full up on those. Okay. Because um, we haven't had book sale. We have too many books. Yeah, <laughs> Since, right. you know, not having book right. sale for so long. We are way overwhelmed with books. We got plenty. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, things... Just honestly, uh, it, it takes a lot to run a shelter, and it, this community has served us through donations this whole time, and that's really what we need right. at the SPCA. At the city of Bakersfield shelter, uh, we need help getting these animals out. It's mostly large dogs that we have struggles with. All of the rescues are full. Uh, people we've relied on for years to pull animals from us said, sorry, we can't. We're full, what, too. What do you mean? Explain that to us for those of us who aren't on the inside, pulling animals from you, the rescue. What, explain that. How so a lot of times when we'd have dogs that we have been sitting there for a little bit, we would be able to reach out to various rescues and ask for their help in transferring some of the animals from our shelter into their care where oh. they would then find them homes. Oh. They're full too. Mm. So that option's not on the table anymore. And so for all the shepherds, huskies, pities, you name it, uh, they're just sitting there at the shelter and they don't belong there. They were once in a home. You know, we're taking in what the community has put out on us. We are not going out and looking for this, you know, so... It is a. It is tough. We're in a tough, tough place. Explain to me. Uh, lay some ground rules on how the SPCA and the city shelter works in terms of. Do you accept owner relinquished animals? Do you accept if, if I find a stray? Assuming you had room, if I find a stray dog in my front yard, and I don't know if it's chipped or not, can I bring it in and give it to you? How how does it work? Sure. So at the SPCA, um, because it's limited admission, meaning based on room, they will accept anything from any resident, owner, surrender, stray, anything like that. Again, based on room um, and based on the ability to what we feel, we can actually get that animal into another home. Mm -hmm. Um, Temperament is a big part of it. Um, And a lot of times what we find is when people tell us their owner surrendering their animal because of moving or because of whatever... That's not really the reason they're surrendering the animal. As we have further conversations with them, we find out, oh, I don't have time. Or my kids went off to college, and so I don't want to take care of the dog anymore. Or um, it has behavior issues that are pretty significant. Um, Those types of things. So those are animals we can't accept at the SPCA. Um, At the city shelter, we have to accept everything from any city resident regardless. Um, Except owner surrenders. Um, there is no law that says we have to take in an owner surrendered animal unless there's a public health or safety threat. Um, and that's how shelter started, right? was public health and safety. Uh, and so that's really the crux of what our requirements are, uh, uh, as shelters is making sure the public health and safety are protected. You're required. If I live in the city of Bakersfield. And I have a, a true stray that shows up. You're required to take them. Yes. Unless you're full. Yeah, no. So I have to take a stray dog. You have to take. Yep. What do you do with them if you're full? We we try and find room. We try and move other animals out. Or unfortunately, sometimes we have to euthanize pets that have been there because mm-hmm. we don't have any room. Um, that's a sad reality. I don't 
I don't take any pleasure in saying that. Nobody yeah. wants that job. Nobody yeah. wants to do that. Right. But when you only have X number of kennels and you have X number of animals and you don't have a path forward to get them out, what is the choice? Hmm. Uh, we try and look at, we try and obviously look at animals that are really behaviorally challenged first. I mean, we or very sick or ill. Mm-hmm. We obviously look at those animals first. It's not before like we're you, pulling for, fluffy out. Before you euthanize. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, but we try and treat. Uh, treatable diseases. We treat parvo. We try and treat as much as we can. I mean, we've taken animals that needed amputations and got their legs amputated. Mm. I mean, we try. And all of those staff that work so hard, you know, sometimes feel so defeated because they don't feel like they're doing enough because the number coming in isn't the same as the number going out. And, And that can be devastating. And that can be tough for staff on a daily basis when that's that's what you're dealing with. Right. We've got to get to a point in this community where people stop treating animals like their disposable water bottle. They're just, yeah. you know, bright, you know, like I shared with you, a bright, shiny new phone. Right. Oh, well, this phone was so six months ago. I want a new one. Right. That's where we've gotten, you know, unfortunately. Um, and that, that concerns me. I mean, because we know that they're not stopping with us by just turning that dog in. They're mm-hmm. going and getting another one. Another one. one. So, furthering to contribute exactly. to the problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, unfortunately, social media um, has not been our friend. How so? Because, well, people trade or um, sell or uh, buy pets right off okay. of it. You know, okay. so they're not helpful in that respect they are great at trying to network animals to get back home you know where where people found an animal maybe in the neighborhood and can go on next door and say hey is this your dog and you know that's the funny thing is they dallas did a really intense study and found that most dogs were only about six houses away from their home when they're stray dogs really yeah only about six houses away So we're no more than one block. All these lost dogs are just around the block. Yes. Right. And so if, you know, people finding dogs would take more time and talk to their neighbors and say, just knock on the door and say, hey, is this your dog? Um, It's so much better than that dog having to come into the shelter. Yeah. Right. Let's get back to the shelter. So you will take... Not owner, but but if I find a stray in the city, the city will take the dog, but not the cat. Correct. Tell me how. Why are cats? So cats are considered free roaming animals, meaning that cats can live outside and live a very healthy and and um, satisfying life just by staying in the neighborhood that they're in just by begging exactly so, so you know they go over to miss margaret's house for breakfast and they go over to mr bean's house, mr. For, bean's lunch. house for lunch yeah you yeah. know and then they end it with jr's house you know for dinner and they're happy as clams you know they're just doing their thing they're mousing they're um you know hunting they help so keep you're not rodents required down. do you ever take cats we do we have to take in cats again if it's a public safety threat or if they're sick or injured and well, so we do okay, take those, me, or they're too young i was telling you this early before we went on the air but i think there's a lot of people with my kind of problem i live downtown everybody's got a cat downtown or that seemingly right there's a lot of cats right downtown. yeah i've got two cats one of which i brought to my house another which i inherited was a neighborhood cat I won't bore you with the details. Two more kittens show up. Right. Right. One is four months old and pregnant. 
you know. Uh, six right. months old and pregnant, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the other just showed up as a kitten. Okay. I have no intention of keeping these cats. Right. I've got two cats. Right. Trying to be responsible, Julie Johnson. I took these cats to Critters Without Litters, and I love those people over there. Absolutely. They're too. a huge partner. Right. They gave the cats. They fixed the cats. They gave them their shots. They yep. gave them the shots. I had them chipped. Right. I, w- I wanted to sit. My, my intention was one's black, one's gray, healthy, sweet cats. I'm going to find these cats a home, right? So right. I'll get them all chipped so nobody has to spend any money. Well, I can't take them to your shelter. Right. Right. So am I stuck with them? I mean, how, how know, do I find how do I find a home if if the if so there is some there is some again you can network them on social media right. or you can you know talk to family friends see if they have any room in their homes for them um, you know the good thing is is again cats are so robust they will live in your neighborhood just fine um, and the good thing that you did with that is that by getting them fixed those two young ones fixed they set up kind of a colony. And they get very protective of their colony, so they're not going to let new stray cats in. Good. So oh, is that right? you stop that cycle. Good. And right. so that's critical. Um, you know, you've we've got to stop the cycle, and we've got to we've got to get this community to start valuing animals a lot more. Right. Is the county the same way about they won't they won't take cats? I can't speak for them. Okay. You know, that's really a Nick um, conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we all try and do our best as much as possible and help as many animals as possible. You know, if we can take them in, we'll try and take them in. We'll try and, you know, we get a lot of sad stories. And so, of course, we're trying to intervene. Um, Not everything's a hard no or a hard yes or any of that. And that's that's what's been so hard is having to live in that gray on a daily basis. And I think that's really... What's tough for people? Right, right. You know, you and I have been around this community for a long time, and there were there was a time a few years ago, maybe maybe up to ten years ago. I I, I was still at the California, and we were writing a lot of stories about the uh, the dogs, particularly the dogs being euthanized. Right. And we've come a long way Huge. with that. But let's let's be clear: the city shelter does euthanize animals yes does the sbca no okay sba said uh i won't go into the county tell me tell me how many animals are you euthanizing now given where you are compared to uh, where we used to be that's what's tough is that fluctuates on a monthly basis based on the numbers we get in and the types we get in so anything that is that has bit people um or acted aggressively or things like that that's not an animal I'm going to feel safe putting back on the streets of this community. Right. It would be irresponsible of us to do that. Um, anything that is so sick or injured that has, you know, no quality of life left, mm-hmm. something like that, we're not going to make that animal suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, we're seriously in a, in a situation where we're looking at animals saying these are good animals. Nobody wants them. Right. They've been here four months. They've been here five months. What are we going to do? What is our out for these animals? And we have no out. That's what's scary. And and again, we aren't the we aren't the ones that created the problem. That's what's frustrating. Yeah, we right. didn't do this. Yeah. They're in our doors now, and we're trying desperately to find a good outcome for them. And then at sometimes you have to look at it and go, I don't have an outcome. Right. I have nothing. You know, if I have ten black pitbulls in a row. Right. 
who's going to adopt all 10 black pit bulls? I mean, if I have 20 huskies, you know, there's a reason that they are in our shelters. They like to run. They're energetic. They should be pulling sleds in the snow, not sitting here in 110 degrees in Bakersfield. You now, know? let's go back to your pit bulls. Let's say you did have 10 pit bulls. You said it, previously, would you reach out to some group like yes. Sunday's group, yes. the the pities, and, yeah. and say, would you, you, you network in yeah. these animals? You might be able to find them a home. Sure. Right? Sure. But they're full. They're, everybody's full. And that's, that's the whole issue. And, you know, I know Sunday went through a tough time even a few months ago because she was so overwhelmed by how many calls she was getting and how many pleas for help. And, you know, I told her, get off social media because that can, boy, that can sap you. You know, if you see all these awful, sad posts all the time on social (laughs) media about people needing help and, you know, dear God, help me, you know, I can't care for my dog anymore. It gets to you, you know? So... Um, again, we just got to get out of being a disposable society. I yeah. think, especially when it comes to pets, you talked about, uh, earlier, you, you mentioned the effect this has on your staff Yeah, it's hard. and, and morale, mm-hmm. because I'm assuming, uh, you guys are attracting people who love animals mm-hmm. or want to be there for the right reasons, yeah. all, all the right motives right. They go into a situation that is they probably feel like I'm not making a difference. Right. And it's out of their control. Right. What has this affected morale? Absolutely. Absolutely. It affects morale. They don't feel like they're doing enough, even though they didn't create it. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I struggle to, to find them their wins for the day. Um, because they are making a difference. We got we, we sent out, I don't know, 240 dogs last month to rescue. That's huge, but it doesn't feel like that much when you turn around and through that month you do it. And it's only like three a day here or four a day here, something mm-hmm. like that. And 10 more come in. You yeah. don't feel, you just feel like yeah. you're drowning. Right. Right. And that affects anyone. Yeah. Talk to me about your experience with the most recent clear the shelter campaign. You do that annually. Absolutely. I know in the past you've had some Fabulous oh, success. Amazing. At it. Give me an example of, of, of a successful year and then the year we just had. So um pre pandemic, we had uh usually averaged around two to two hundred and fifty to three hundred animals plus three hundred during the campaign. We'd adopt out hundred and fifty dogs easily on oh. the, the day of the event. And those are deals like you just come in and everything's free adoption. Free yep. adoption. Okay. Yep. All right. And, you know, this year, I don't know if it's because we're just kind of opening up and people are getting their feet wet again because COVID, I, I, you know, I have no idea, but we were at 50 for Saturday, which is still a win. Don't get me wrong. I'm so grateful to our partners at 17 for all the promoting they did at this event, everything they did. Um, 50 instead of 150 though. Correct. And 140 throughout the campaign instead of 250 plus to 300 plus. So, you know, it was definitely a down year. Um, And again, I don't know why we had the party. We were ready to go with the yeah, party. Right. Everybody was so excited and this big, everybody kind of felt like they were walking on air because they felt like we were going to see yeah. really empty kennels. And we did have some empty kennels, which is great. We had 50 empty kennels at the end of the day on Saturday. Hmm. Amazing. Right. But when you still have another 80 needing to go home, right. they're still there. It's tough. How quickly will those 50 empty kennels fill up? By the end of the week. Really? Yeah. That quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We had 10 come in yesterday. 
I mean, so that's the problem is that the volume for what you get in and what you can get out is where that struggle is. And, and it does affect people and it does affect morale and they feel like they're just not, no matter what they say, they're not making a difference. And again, we didn't create it. Yeah. We're the, we are the recipient sure. <laughs> of this right. basically, right. you know, right. And that's has hard. COVID affected the number of volunteers you could have there? Yeah. Um, we currently cannot have volunteers that aren't vaccinated. Everybody has to wear a mask regardless of vaccination mm-hmm. status and that's protect everybody. I mean, I'm just, you know, I wish I had the perfect right answer. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't try and go on any one news station to get like national news station to get my, um, ideas or decisions. But Mm -hmm. I just feel like this stuff is so crazy and so deadly and so lethal. Um, you know, it's my job as a director to protect everybody as much as possible. What do you tell people who are listening to this and have listened to similar stories before and say, I'd like to help, but I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, I've got all the dogs and cats I want. How can I help? Right. Um, you know, talk to people, encourage them to get their animals fixed, encourage them that before they surrender an animal to a shelter or decide to move without a dog, they, that they look into pet friendly housing, that they do some research, um, that before they give up on a behavior dog, they, they enroll that dog into some training to see if that will help. You know, you can't, there's no perfect app for it, so to speak, you know, it's not, it's not DoorDash where you get the perfect dog, right? Yeah, right. Um, but there are great apps out there. For instance, there is an app called The Good Pup that'll do one-on-one virtual training sessions with you in your home. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to go out to a trainer. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to worry about COVID. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible uh, app that has certified trainers ready to help you with some of the behavior problems you're having with your pets. There's veterinarian uh, telemedicine apps you can go to where you can speak to a veterinarian about what's going on with your mm, pet. Mm. So you don't even have to leave your house to get care necessarily. Um, can't promise that cause every situation is different. Right. Um, but I mean, just thinking of all these good things that are actually out there that can help people have to just be, they have to be willing to do this. You got to put in some effort. You know, you can't just drop it like a water bottle and say, oh, well, I'll just get a new water bottle. You've got to put in some effort and some time. And what's frustrating to me, I think more than anything, it's like I'm sure you've gone on Twitter and seen negative comments and just nasty keyboarders, so to speak. People have gotten to feel so, um, I don't want to say entitled because that's not the word I'm looking for, but so into their own silo that they think they're the only ones with the problem. Mm. It's only this dog of mine that I'm giving you. It's Mm. only me. Mm. They don't see the big picture of, but we have 235 other animals here. They don't see that. It's almost like tunnel vision. Like this is my problem, so it needs to be your problem now. Um, And that's all I can see in front of me. And they don't realize how they're contributing to the problem. Hmm, that's interesting. Look, the elephant in the room here is what the hell is going on in this community? I mean, I don't, I, uh, I know, is it funding? Is it, because you're describing behavior that, I'm just going to be honest with you. 
I never grew up with that. I mean, in my family that I, you know, who raised me, we did not treat animals as disposable items. Right. It happens here. Let's just throw right. it out there. Right. We haven't gotten even to the homeless and their dogs, and perhaps they had got it better than others. Who knows? You know. But I'm, I'm, I'm. I listen to you and other people described this behavior like. Oh, let's just get a dog on a whim, and then it, it pees in the corner or bites somebody, or it's got a behavior problem, and they'll just, you know, let it out or dump it out in front of the SPCA or whatever. What is it about? You've been around, Julie. You, yeah. You you network. You see other counties. What is unique? Why are we so bad about this? We don't value animals enough here. That's the bottom line. Whether that's upbringing, whether that's this disposable mentality, whether that's don't, you know, just in general don't care, whether that's disassociation with pets. I mean, I grew up with pets. I mean, I think 90% of kids want to be a veterinarian when they grow up um, right. and care, learn to care for animals. I mean, I was taught very young to care for animals. Um, and, it, and it just feels like, well, you know, I'd rather play with my Xbox than have this animal bugging yeah. me trying to get attention, so get rid of it. Right. And we've got to start valuing animals and start treating them as members of the family and not, again, disposable. I mean, that's really, I think, that's where we got to start. We either got to start doing some more public um, service announcements or I don't even know because, you know, I know that I heard this uh, years ago during a TEDx talk and, and somebody had said, geez, the first thing people hear when you say, well, let me educate you. It's offensive, right? To say, yeah. let me educate yeah, yeah, you. Right, That's right. offensive. Yeah, that makes yeah, it yeah. sound like you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And you so, poor thing. I'm yeah. going to improve your life. Yeah, I'm going to improve your life, yeah, yeah by right. sharing five sentences. No. Um, I think it's understanding. It's it's really showing, and, and I'm going to get to something that I think is an exciting win for us, but I think it's really showing the community the depth and heart of the shelter. Maybe that'll maybe change some minds. It's not going to change them all, Mm -hmm. but maybe it'll change some. Um, you know, I'm willing to try anything. That's the bottom line. Um, if I need to take 10 dogs out in front of where school buses park, just to see if I can get them out. I mean, I'm game. Yeah. Um, but it's not stemming the tide. Yeah. And that's the whole point. You got to stop it before it ever hits the shelter. Once it's at the shelter, it's too late, right? We need to stop them coming in. Well, is that a is that a spay neuter issue? And do we have? I mean, I mean, I know we're dealing in generalizations, which can be tricky at times. But do we have a spay neuter? Do 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 we live in a community? Yeah, a community that people. And and tell me, and why don't they believe in spay neuter? Well, I mean, I guess... Unless you're breeding. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think Critters Without Litters has spayed and neutered over 80,000 animals since they opened. Mm. So people are spaying and neutering pets. Mm. There are people that are firmly on the fence that don't believe their animals should be fixed. Okay. There's people firmly on the fence that don't want a vaccine. I yeah. mean, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how to fix that one. Uh, all I know is Critters Without Litters and many of the other vets here have tried for years to spay and neuter this population. Yeah. We're getting in unfixed adult dogs. That's what we're getting in. We're not getting in puppies. We're not getting in small dogs. Adult dogs. Adult large dogs. God. Period. That's what we get and in the those most. those have to be the worst to adopt, right? Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Because the dog needs a yard. They need yeah. more room. They can't, you know, just go for little travel trips, right. you know? Right. So, I mean, yeah, that's the problem. And so where do we stop that? I mean, it, 
I used to make a joke like when Game of Thrones first came out, everybody got husky puppies, which was mm. stupid because that wasn't a husky in the damn show. Sorry. What was it? A wolf? Um, it was no, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But anyways, it was not a it was not a husky. But everybody went out and got husky puppies. And then they turned them all in as adults because, geez, they grew up oh. and they run and they escape and they're energetic and they're, you know, high maintenance and high energy. Um, shepherds. Well, that was another movie that came out because all these movies started showing shepherds. Uh, John Wick did a movie and it was Malinois and suddenly everybody wanted a Malinois. I didn't realize that. Oh, that God, that yes. stuff is real. Huh? It's, it's And it's dumb. I mean, to uh, me, that's dumb, but I yeah, wouldn't base yeah. getting a dog off anything. But I do remember... Way back in the day when I was an animal control officer in the early 90s, um, 101 Dalmatians came out. People mm-hmm. ran out and got a Dalmatian, right. not even having a clue what it takes to have a Dalmatian. Right. So, I mean, it feels like we go through these ebbs and flows. I mean, there's been movies with pities in them, and we have amazing pit bulls. They are great, great dogs. But there's not enough homes that we are able to secure for them. Yeah. So... um Again, it is, if you are going to get a pet, take it seriously and make sure you take care of it for life. If you're going to move, look for pet-friendly housing. Don't make it the shelter's problem. You took on this animal. At least get it fixed. Exactly. You know, be responsible. I mean, poor critters without litters is so overwhelmed. I think they're booked out till the end of this year. So there's not even a spain appointment to be had. Are pits and and pit-like dogs or, you know, similar breeds, are those the most popular breed in Kern County? feels like it some days i mean when i i mean but some I, days just, it feels visually like, that's all i some see days, yeah. right some days yeah. it feels like shepherds some days it feels like huskies yeah, okay. i mean you know they have definitely been the most challenging to find homes for yeah. hands down right they're most challenging to find homes for and yes it seems like everybody has one um but and they're just fantastic dogs so i don't know where we go with that yeah. as far as getting more homes other than I can tell you I've got 80 dogs that are spayed and neutered that can go home today from the city shelter right now are most adult yes which is good because then you're missing all that puppy nonsense and the chewing and the destroying your furniture and I would much rather I did one puppy have the puppy still argue with this puppy that I have Mm. um he has mega esophagus disease so he has to eat in a special chair and he's a whole special needs case but he's a shepherd um, you know, I will never have a puppy again, ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ever. There you go. <laughs> you know, I want a dog that's trained, that's like been right. in a home that kind of knows the routine, you know, right. um, you know, and I, and I'm not denying anybody getting a puppy. That's not it. And I'm certainly not speaking to people that breed dogs professionally. Yeah. That's a whole nother job. You know, that's a whole nother. Well, let's talk, I don't even let's talk about these breeders. Cause the breeder, I understand that, you know, the people and I certified uh, registered I have, breeders. Amazing. I, I have a friend who breeds them, uh, Portuguese water dogs. There you go. And you know, and does it responsibly on a farm right. outside of Reno. Right. That's not, what we're talking about. No, I don't have any Portuguese and, water dogs in my shelter. Okay. There you go. So, no, but but the, these breeder, you know, when, when you see somebody in front of a PetSmart with a basket full of puppies right. or something, right, that weren't bred responsibly, exactly. That's the problem. That's right. that's, that's problem. what we're talking yeah, about, that's, right? Exactly. Now, should that the breeders be regulated do good jobs. in some ways? I think all of it should be regulated. I think, but but then again, I go back to this: you you should only regulate what you can enforce, right? Okay. 
Don't you agree? Because yeah. if you can't enforce it, what good is the yeah, regulation? It makes you feel good, but you right. don't get anything done. You get nothing done, right. which is half the laws on our books today, right? right. They exactly. made people feel good for putting it out there, but nobody can enforce it. Right. I mean, come on, illegal fireworks, for Christ's sake, yeah. that fill up our shelters every year. Right. Nobody can truly enforce that. But right. there's laws on the books that say you can't have it. Right, right, right. So um, I feel that we need solid regulations that can be enforceable. But what that looks like in a, in a total picture, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Because I have found people use every excuse to get around whatever it, story they're telling us. Yeah. A dog that they want to own or surrender is suddenly a stray. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. So when people don't have any moral compass to begin with, what are you supposed to regulate? Yeah, right, right. Right. Give me. Are there are there things being done in other counties and other areas that you would think? Well, gosh, if if I could do this, this, and this in Kern County, we'd be a, a lot better off. Whether it's legislation, whether it's laws, whether it's what what would it be? What makes us? What makes the problem here so bad? I think it really is a it's a community wide issue that maybe we haven't addressed in every language we need to address it in. Um, maybe we need to do more, more outreach more, mm. which is where I'd like to go, but I want to make sure I have a facility that can support that. Yeah. And we don't currently, um, because to me, I feel personally strongly about this, that an animal shelter should be a community resource center. Mm. We should not be the only place you go to dump a dog. Right. We should be a resource hmm. training classes, um, you know, get out of jail free cards. If your dog was caught off leash, but you agree to go to, yeah, you know, yeah, dog yeah. training, right. um, things like that. Uh, you know, how to keep your pet in a home that's really energetic that you might need some help with vet care, community vet care, mm-hmm. affordable vet care. We do not have any affordable vet care here. None. Um, all of those issues factor into people giving up their pets yeah. as well as when you the say people that don't want them in. pet care, what do you mean by that? You, veterinarians, veterinarians, affordable veterinarians. Well, there's like, there is a do place deals for lower income people and yes. things like that. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, that help them with everything from spay neuter to pulling a tooth to, you know, removing an eye if need be or whatever. Um, you know, so that broken pets aren't, aren't just dumped. Um, and that, that breaks my heart when we see this or we see, we get pets in that their maybe their owner passes away, but the dog is 18 years old, Mm -hmm. doesn't have a long life left, phosphorus programs, you Mm -hmm. know, things like that. I mean, I think it's an overall overhaul of everything we do. I mean, quite honestly, yeah, you could blow it up. Right. Are you, uh, do, do you guys have uh, a, a regular foster program? We you do. Know? Tell me how that we works. We send dogs into mm-hmm. foster and cats into foster, cats into foster that are too young. Um, these are young kittens um, that have been abandoned by their mother this or whatever. This might be a way that people could help. So Absolutely. Maybe I, so how would that work? Sure. So fostering cats is one big way. How long do you um, they could be bottled them? babies up until they're eight weeks old or two pounds. Okay. Okay. When they're two pounds, eight weeks. No problem. We'll take them back. Okay. Dogs, um, fostering them and t- just to make help us make space in the shelter. Yeah. 
fostering them to adopt um, any of those scenarios, we are more than welcome to entertain, you know, at the city shelter. Do you have a lot of people who will say, I, you know, I'll bring a dog into my home for six months? No, no, no. Because that would free up sure. space, right? But, you know, that's that's kind of where Sunday's at, right? That's why she's full. All her fosters have animals they've been fostering. Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. no room. Um, but, yeah, fostering is certainly a great way. Coming down to the shelter, taking a dog out for a walk is a great mm-hmm. way to just network them for mm-hmm. us. Help us network that pet. There's all kinds of... What do you mean network the pet? You know, network out in their own social media. Okay. Look at I'm here at the shelter walking uh, Fluffy and okay. Fluffy needs a home. You know, uh-huh. things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Little yeah. things like that. Do you have enough people doing that? No, yeah. but that's where I'm kind of excited to start my win. Um, we were lucky in that we... I made a position, just made the decision and dive into this. And because I really feel that we need this is I'm certainly not a social media person. Okay. I am not. I could... Don't tell me I have no clue how to tweet. So there's more mm-hmm. stuff or Instagram or TikTok. I have no okay. idea and no right. desire. Sorry. <laughs> I just right. don't. So I've been able to hire someone now that will be able to provide that social media support that we've been lacking for oh, so long. Good, good. Former uh, news employee, um, TV employee great so i'm excited she's going to start in about a week and a half oh terrific new position new position just created it because i want any chance we can get to do this to help us yeah so i'm incredibly excited about starting that we'll see i mean i it's new Mm -hmm. um but again i'm willing to try anything to try and see if we can move this needle uh, in any way, shape or form. Right. Right. Let's, let, let's talk if we can, uh, quickly about the homeless thing, because I'm, I'm torn by this. I see homeless people with animals all the time. I know that the city and the County have gone to great efforts in these new shelters, homeless shelters they have to, to accommodate, to, pets. To, to accommodate mm-hmm. the pets, because I know that means, you know, I, I, I get it. It means a lot to these people when you're living on the street to have a companion, maybe for personal safety, maybe for, for whatever, you know, but I see a lot of them out there and I'm torn because I think, well, I guess that's better than running the streets alone and maybe they're taking care of them. Where do you come down on this? Uh, you know, a lot of them are, ta- are better taken care of than half the strays we get in. Yeah. I, they take good, good care of them. They really do. They care mm-hmm. deeply where we struggle sometimes are people that maybe are, um, addicted to drugs or have severe mental health issues. Maybe that animal is not in the best, you know, best place it can be. That does not mean they don't care for them. It just means maybe they're not at a place in their life right now where they can safely take care of them. Yeah, right. So, but they, but overall these pets are in great shape. They yeah. will feed. We've met homeless people. They will feed their pets before they feed, feed themselves. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Julie Johnson here talking to us from the city and the SBCCA. I know I, I promised I'd get you out of here. So let's wrap this up with a final question about uh, first day of fall today. Yes. What Yay. does that mean as we go into fall and winter for the pet population? What is this? I mean, does this cycle and are we coming out of when is the cat population boom? We used to have a kit, a strong kitten season, right? So from March to September, roughly, mm-hmm. that was kitten season kind of thing. That's not the case anymore. It's year round. So, oh, I mean, yeah. So that shot that. But anyways, 
Um, so, you know, usually in December, January, we decline some, thank gosh. Um, that's hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel, but that's generally mm-hmm. when we have um, some declines in the numbers, which, mm. you know, everybody looks forward to. It gives everybody a reprieve, um, so to speak. But, you know, I'm concerned with the trends I'm seeing and I'm concerned about what if there's another new variant? What mm. happens to those people's pets? As more people die, they don't have anyone to take care of their pets. Right. That means they're going to come to the shelter. So all those questions float around, like, how do we stop that? I mean, you got to make a plan for your pets in case you die. Um, That's a terrible thing to have to think about, but it's the truth. You know, um, I'm hoping that we are going to have a quieter winter. That's my hope. So we're going in with some uncertainty uh, here. And then coming out of the spring, uh, if you is... Are there any plans to expand the city facility? That would be my hope. Yeah. That is certainly my hope and my dream yeah. is to certainly expand that. So again, we can be more community focused and community based yeah. rather than so, just here's a shelter, drop yeah, you know, yeah, drop yeah. it off into a kennel. A processing center. A processing center. Right. Exactly. We need to be more um, in these in these communities, in these neighborhoods where people are struggling and find out what they need. Maybe they just need a board for their fence to keep their pet right. in. Maybe they just need, you know, to, to have some free training sessions to help them with their pet. Right. Maybe again, maybe they just need a small surgery like a dental to help their pet thrive, right. you know, so they're right. not bleeding from their mouth. Right. All these little things I think can be fixed. I think getting there is the, is the monumental task. So I've heard three things, how people can help. They can write you a check. Yep. That's an easy one. Yep. They can go volunteer. They can walk. You know, dogs, socialize them, whatever. Uh, They can foster them. Absolutely. Right? Dogs or young kittens. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's three easy things. Easy. And talk to your neighbors about needing, if they need help with their pets, like try and help them find and connect them to resources. There are a lot of resources out there that of great groups that are willing to help you help your pet. Great. Julie Johnson. Always great to have you. Thank you. Will you come back? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Great to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observe, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Centric Healthcare and King Door Company.